Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> This is Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Uh, Very exciting. Uh, But first, Jane, I know that we were talking about some very important teen TV news. You know what I'm talking about, right? Indeed. Yeah. I do. I do know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) If you have listened to this pod before, you know that Jane and I, our friendship was highly dependent upon the MTV remake of Teen Wolf as a TV series. Okay, maybe dependent, not a good word. Yeah, um, interesting word. Yeah. <laughs> now that it's over, our friendship is just withering away. <laughs> but um, that is coming back as a movie. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Tyler Posey has already confirmed the main character, Scott McCall. And Jane, do you want to say what we found out this week? Dylan O'Brien, the heart, as I've called him, the heart of Teen Wolf, is not returning to play Styles, which is fine. I mean, he has other stuff to do. I feel like, I, I don't do know. Do you think I they should still make it? Be good. <laughs> no, I don't think they should have ever made it. I feel like, uh, what, do you, what do you think? Like, what is this movie going to be about? Because I don't think Derek's coming back. So I did some digging and Derek, Tyler Hoechlin, like, they're, he's like not saying if he's coming back or not, which okay. to me means he's coming back and they're making it a surprise. Or they're I actually see. having trouble because he's like more of an actor now. I don't know. Um, but it's weird because some like dead people, like their actors were confirmed to be coming back. So like I don't really. Allison? Yeah. So Maybe I don't. some flashbacks. And then like um, the guy who plays Jackson was confirmed to come back, who like is not in the later seasons at all. Weird. Also, Arden Cho, who played Kira a character I absolutely hated. <laughs> um, she's not coming back because she was offered very little money. Yeah. Well, no, I, I heard that it was because while she was doing the show, she was getting paid less. So she's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. And for the movie. I think oh. for the movie, they offered her sort of like baseline pay. Yeah, and now they're sucks. trying to replace her and also offering that actor who would be a main character baseline pay. Oh, yeah. That sucks. So it just seems kind of um evil. <laughs> Yeah, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to do it without Dylan O'Brien, like, no one will watch it. If I'm going to watch it, it's going to be under gun. (laughs) Under the gun. Under Under a gun. gun. Someone holding a gun to me. That makes me think of a tattoo gun. (laughs) um, I think... I think that they don't realize that all the, like, Tumblr teens who actually liked the Teen Wolf MTV show are like obsessed with Dylan O'Brien and not anyone else. Well, maybe the women, but um, yeah. So I, I don't think they realize like how much of a blow that's going to be. And they're woke now. All of those little teens are woke and they care about who gets paid. <laughs> All of those little teens are woke. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, You know, I, I mean, just like us, we're older and wiser and woker. <laughs> I would say that when I watched Sister of the Traveling Pants, I was... I was not at all. I didn't even have any concept. I was I was like head empty, no thoughts, just looking at Costos Dunas is what I would say my mm. mind was like. Um, do you want to introduce our guest and we can ask her more? I do. Kathleen O'Mara is a comedy writer and performer. Her writing has appeared online in McSweeney's Reductress in the Hard Times. She also writes for long-running NYC-based sketch team Milwaukee. Hi, Kathleen. Hi. Hi, Kathleen. 
we like to ask everyone who comes on the pod, uh, what type of teen were you? Oh, um, I'm going to say theater kid, but I want to preface it by saying like unpopular theater kid because theater was not co- was was cool in my high school. And so yeah. they were definitely like cool theater kids. And I was not the cool theater kid. <laughs> so I was like the worst kind of theater kid. We are we are seeing many subsets of theater kid come to the pod. And I am I am I commend your, you know, people's bravery in like identifying which one they truthfully were. Yeah, because I feel like the musical was, like, the big deal, and, like, it was in the winter, which was, like, the perfect time for hot people to take a break from sports and, like, (laughs) get attention by being in the musical. (laughs) Oh, so you had, like, people who were in sports and then also in the musical. That's very, um, Zac Efron in, like, High School Musical. Yeah, it wasn't, like, full-on, like, jocks, but it was definitely, like, people who were, like, they ran track in the fall, and then they did the musical, and then they did some other, because we were, like, a very competitive high school, so everyone did a little bit of everything. Yeah, activities, teens. I have two questions. Since your high school was so competitive, one, are there any famous people who went to your high school? And two, what role did you play that you're most proud of? Um... The, probably the most famous person that I specifically graduated with is Tobin Heath, who's on the women's soccer team. She's like one of their forwards. And she was like a big deal. When, like she like almost didn't even go to high school. Like she was not in my sphere even a little bit. But then she was also like so good at soccer that she like wasn't even there senior year. Like she was already like on her way to being like a superstar. That is so cool. I, I definitely know of um, one friend of the pod who will, who will be like starstruck by that, who has been trying to get me to go to like women's soccer games with her. Um also, I it's it's not that I don't want to see women being really good athletes. I just like don't like watching sports if I don't know any of the people. But maybe I should get into it. <laughs> it's like a long it's like a long commitment. I feel like the idea of going to like a live sporting event is fun. You're like I'll tailgate and, and like have a beer and a hot dog, and then you're like there and you're like oh this lasts for hours. <laughs> yes, it is a long time. I do think like it also depends on like the weather that day, and you can't predict that oh, when you yeah, buy yeah. the tickets. Like. And yeah, bleachers are cold. That's my that's yeah. my take. <laughs> bleachers are cold. And the sun sometimes very hot. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, Kathleen, what was your relationship with this movie? Like, do you remember, like, when did you first see it? Um, and what, what made you choose it today? I feel like I must have seen it, like, around when it came out. I didn't see it in the theaters. I feel like I just, like, watched it at home. What year? I was actually just, like, trying to look up. I was like, what year is this exactly, this one? 2005. 2005. Oh, yeah. So that would, I would have been, like, a junior or senior in high school. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was just, like, that one of those, it was, like, all the, like, teen, like, either teen, like, there was, they were, they're more, like, the teen TV star queens. Uh, For sure. And like it was definitely touted as that, so like I think we all saw it. I don't, I don't know if I like was particular. I want to say I maybe even read the book, but I don't say I was like super connected to it. But I definitely have seen it, uh, like more than once. For sure. Um, I remember. Well, I think this is importantly. This is Blake Lively's like breakout role. Like she, yeah, yeah, had oh. not been in anything before it. And I have the take that this is her acting peak. <laughs> Yes, I had the same note. I had the same note. I yeah, really, she's good at this. her best work. Yeah, I really, Blake Lively, so gorgeous, seems like a nice person. Congrats to them having a kid. Um, Multiple I, kids. I really think she's awful at acting, and 
Um, I took, like, one acting class in college, and the professor used to, like, openly make fun of her and, like, use her as an example, <laughs> like, a bad <laughs> example. And I was like, how do you, like, this, like, you know, older woman who's, like, teaching college acting in the middle of, you know, like, New England forest, like, you you hate Blake Lively's acting so much that that's your go-to? Yeah, <laughs> such a specific pick like that yeah. she always went to like it was never like Blake Lively of these like five other actresses who are kind of bad it's like that's she's a personal vendetta <laughs> against Blake Lively <laughs> yeah I think that um I think that I forgot that like she was bad at acting when I saw this movie but anyway um Jane how about you what's your okay. relationship with this huge read every book multiple times when the fifth book came out yes there was a fifth book it came out when I was in college. I downloaded a copy of it illegally and I read it all in one day in my dorm room. Obsessed. Um, I remember seeing the movie in theaters and sobbing, sobbing during the scene where you sob. And I've seen it multiple times. It's just like, it's just an important movie in my life. I watched it uh, when I moved to my second apartment in DC and I remember just folding clothes with it on in the background. It's just, I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's funny because it's just an interesting mix of, like, Alexis Bledel, she's also, she can't really act yet. Terrible. And then later she can act in Handmaid's Tale, which was a surprise for everyone. Um, and then America Ferreira is a true superstar. It's just an yeah. interesting mix of of celebrities, really. Yeah, I will say to Alexis Bledel's credit, like, she's doing like not very good <laughs> like she has very strange acting in this but i will say to her credit she, i think she was trying really really hard to not be rory and i think she succeeded at that like interesting that that's my take on it that i was like okay at least you're not reminding me too much that you're from gilmore girls like you're you're trying to be like a different character so she's like to me like she's just starting to be like oh no now i have to act like different roles every time <laughs> In my mind, she's just playing herself. That also, also might be. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she feels very early Gilmore Girls, though. Like, she feels very early Rory. Because mm. early Rory was also... Or, mm, can't say <laughs> she was very, like, demure and quiet. And who is she? And, like, that's kind of what this character is, too, I think. I don't know. I feel like Alexis Bedell gave us nothing for years until The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> Yeah, until until they closed her mouth in the handmaid's yeah. tale. <laughs> Sorry, Jane, what and did you say? Cut off her Stop. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, she's just really pretty. Yeah. She's very pretty. <laughs> and I That's yeah. kind of her thing. I also have like beef with that character. Anyway, anyway. Um very important very important movie. Very important movie for me too. I watched it in theaters. Um I watched it with I think I told you this, Jane. I watched it with two, like, cooler girls than me, like, two people I knew through horseback riding. I'm a horse girl, Kathleen. And one of which was, like, the alpha girl, alpha horse girl, and um, her mom and my mom. And she very clearly had, the alpha girl very clearly had, um, I don't know, like, kind of like the mom in Mean Girls mom who was like, yeah, everyone, like, I'm progressive, everyone can have sex. And then my mom was like, oh my gosh, everyone is stripping in this movie. (laughs) Um... But also I like remembered which things got laughs in the movie theater and stuff. So that was really nice. Oh. And then I eventually read the books like UJ. I think the books are way sadder is what I would say. Like good, but like sad. Um, the books are way more about being yes. like depressed. 
Yeah, there is a lot of mental health stuff in the books. I'm trying to remember that I, I I can point out a few like specific plot changes of the first book and the first movie, but then there is a second movie and they kind of combined multiple books into one movie. Right. And they also like introduce character like Lena doesn't have a sister in the first movie and then she has a sister in the second movie. You're like, right. what? Um, but I feel like the first movie it should have just stayed one and it captures the vibe it captures the vibe of the books really well, even if there are plot differences. Absolutely. I also didn't know so they had like pretty good people like behind it and so they they had the person who directed he's just not that he's just not that into you. And then screenwriter a, a good screenwriter, Delia Efron, who's who did like She's Got Mail and like a bunch of other sort of like iconic like romances um oh she did bewitched and then like i i think they didn't make like positive reviews but didn't make that much um money and then after the second movie they were just like i don't know every all the actresses were just like not going to be reunited like blake Lively was like starting gossip girl and america ferrer was in ugly betty like everyone was just like yeah everyone was just split up much like the the characters probably split up later when they grow up, um, <laughs> yeah. I I think like it's it's um, I agree with you, Jane, that it should stand on its own. And I I like don't remember the sequel at all. But I also think that um, you know I, I I don't know if they'll ever sort of get teen actors in a movie together that doesn't feel. I don't know, if they, like, the Teen Wolf movie that's about to happen, it's gonna feel, like, really annoying and, like, forced upon us, and, like, this came at a time in movies when it didn't feel forced upon us, and we were just, like, excited to see them, so it's just, like, I don't know, getting, getting the teen, getting the teen TV stars in a movie together, like, feels very different now than it probably did then, is what I'm trying to say. Also, Blake Lively, Blake Lively's 18, really kill yeah. me absolutely fucking kill me yeah, yeah that <laughs> i would have said up on like the wall 25 <laughs> and kill me holy shit yeah that is something my mom that's something my mom commented on too she was like oh my god like teens don't look like that and then i like looked it up after and i was like she's 18 mom <laughs> my mom was alarmed by Blake lively <laughs> um, as she should have been yeah She's pretty alarmingly hot in that movie. Yes, like, yes. There's not a single scene she's not in, like, the smallest shorts that Hollywood had. <laughs> Alar- Specifically Fright- Hollywood. Frighteningly hot, yeah. Yeah, she's, like, so hot, it's, like, upsetting for this, like, <laughs> positive girl movie that's just about girls being friends. And also, Blake Lively is incredibly hot in it. In the book, I will say, in the book, she, that character specifically isn't beautiful, like she's she's supposed to be sort of very normal looking and just kind of have long blonde hair and like Beautiful be very hair. athletic and have a very effort like a very outgoing and wild personality that carries her whereas lena's supposed to be the one who's like so beautiful and obviously in the movie they're all like very pretty because that's that's how it is mm-hmm. should we jump right in okay let's do it 15-year-olds Lena, Tibby, Carmen, and Bridget have been best friends forever, but they're about to spend their first summer apart. While out shopping, they find a pair of jeans that magically fit them all. 
Tibby leads them in a ritual in the workout studio where their mothers originally met. They agree to send the pants to each other throughout the summer to stay connected. Shy Lena is the first to get the pants as she flies to Greece to be with her grandparents and practice drawing. Wild Bridget, whose mom died by suicide, goes to an all-girl soccer camp in Mexico and notices hot counselor Eric. Puerto Rican Carmen heads to South Carolina, thinking she will get to spend time with her divorced father, only to learn that he's getting married to a white lady, Lydia, who has two white children. Meanwhile, Tibby is miserable because she's by herself working at a department store while trying to create her documentary. Yeah, it feels like they like set up right up the top. Like there are four types of teens. Yes. Know? Like this is the artsy one. This is the demure one. This is the like sporty slutty one. And this is America <laughs> Ferrera. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, America yeah. Ferrera does kind of get. So in the books, she's supposed to be smart. And what's interesting is she actually goes into acting later in the books. But in this movie, it does kind of come across as she is the Puerto Rican one. Like, she is the not white one. She does say, me, Carmen, the writer. And then she never writes in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're just supposed to think it because she narrates. But then she doesn't really keep narrating either. (laughs) Um, I I had a question on the different types of teens front which is that do you remember when you watched this movie did you feel like you identified strongly with one of them or were you kind of like oh my gosh I feel like um there's parts of me there's there's four wolves within me in this movie (laughs) yeah none of them are like the perfect example of any of those so like you do feel like oh but I do like making films but also I want to kiss boys (laughs) (laughs) but also I'm afraid to kiss boys so it it all it all lines up (laughs) I think this falls into something we talked about maybe last episode, how quizzes need to have four Harry Potter houses, four Sex in the City ladies, or four sisterhood girls. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. there needs to be four. And I remember it would – you would pick – you could kind of, like, pick two and be like, I'm a little like this, but, like, my my moon rising isn't – Yeah, I was going to say, like, something. an astrology rising situation. Like, yeah, a moon exactly. sun rising situation. Absolutely. <laughs> but I feel like many people – I identify with Carmen in that she is normal and sort of has no (laughs) outstanding traits. (laughs) Yeah, she has like a very like, just like a normal, like she like clearly is going a lot with her family, but her family maybe feels the most real probably because we see them the most. But like, yeah, they she feels like a a person who lives in the suburbs and has like stuff going on. It's because it's because also Bradley Whitford is so good. Oh my god. I love him in any role and I especially love him as a dad that's not a very good dad. Oh. <laughs> He's so good in this. Holy shoot. Yeah, I do I, I like that they're all like so different and they're friends and I also kind of like that they they don't have the same like life goals. They don't have the same like mm-hmm. hobbies or like intellectual pursuits at all. And that's not why they are friends, which now I feel like is a little I don't know, I'm thinking of movies now and it's yeah, I, I guess like it's a little more like this would be your click in high school, and and I I I see them as like sort of they tried to model them a little bit like video game characters in that they were like they all have strengths or like special things about them, but we have to give them weaknesses. Um, <laughs> and my my main um, like complaint about that is that in the movie, like totally, Lena is just like beautiful and shy like that's her thing like to me it like doesn't really I mean I know Jane that they talk a lot more about her in the books but like 
I think I was also irritated in the books because like I don't I just like couldn't identify with that at all and also didn't really know people like that at all like everybody who was beautiful at that time in my life was not shy basically they were like getting all the attention and they loved it she's also guarded i'll okay here's the thing she i i also struggle with characters specifically the book the idiot i remember i hated because that character's always thinking she's always like thinking stuff and never saying it and then being upset because she like She's never communicated her ideas and then there are consequences. And I hated that book because I just couldn't identify with that. But I'll defend Lena a little bit because I think her thing is that she's supposed to be guarded and struggling because people assume things about her that she doesn't believe about herself. I think that was way more... The thing is, like, that is all in her head. And so, like, it just doesn't come across in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they... I don't think they give it, like, a real justification, like, why she's so guarded. Like, like, all of them have, like, sort of, like, something that happened in their past. Like, their parents split up or their mom died or, like, something happened and that was going on in their family life or in their world that would make them so, like, withdrawn and, like... I get that her deal is that, like, she's like, I don't understand. I don't have any of those things, but I'm still afraid, which I guess I think is a real thing. But it still feels a little unjustified <laughs> as to why right. she just is, like, so beautiful and, like, so afraid to of anything. And, like, weirdly Mormon. Like, or, like, weird, like, <laughs> she, like I don't know what the costumer was doing with her this entire movie. <laughs> it was all I could think about. There's, like, w- like she looks like, like, a th- like a 30-year-old woman like in business casual the entire movie and i get that she doesn't want to like expose skin or stuff but she does not look like a 17 year old girl at any point and i think she maybe really was that Mm. age but like she's they've aged her so much like there's one scene where she's wearing it's definitely a summer dress (laughs) and a full button-up shirt over it i was like that's (laughs) insane no one would wear that (laughs) yeah prairie skirts lots of prairie skirts like she yeah i think she like her thing is that she doesn't want to wear anything that shows she has a shape, which is so specific because I feel like a, it, it's more, I don't know, it's it's not even that she wants to cover up everything. It's also that she wants to wear these like Mormon, Mormon clothes that are like very flowing. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like it would be normal for like a teen girl in the early aughts to like just wear jeans and a hoodie all the time. Like yes. I definitely knew a lot of girls like that who yes. didn't want to like be who wanted to be shapeless, but that was how you did it. You didn't wear like you didn't go shopping at like Talbots and put on like <laughs> Talbots, a mom outfit. Yes, yes she's very Tal- Talbots like size M when she should be like an XS. Um I yeah. do remember speaking of clothes, I do remember that so I was 13 when I saw this. I remember taking pants off in the store was like so scandalous to me. I just like yes. could never imagine doing that. And they're sort of behind a screen, but they're also like you can see like the racks of clothes and there's yeah, I was just like, I remember being in the theater and the theater like buzzing because like everyone else was like, ooh, Blake Lively's so hot. <laughs> I thought it was weird even now. I was like, these are young girls. That's strange. Like Blake Lively's character, yeah. I think it makes sense. But um, but it, when then when America Ferreira does it, I was like, whoa, whoa just like go in the dressing room. <laughs> You're a child in a public place. <laughs> They're like destroying the store too. Yeah, they are. First of all, that store has like, I guess it's supposed to be a vintage store, but it's like a very spacious vintage store, which to my knowledge is not what like thrift shops look like. But also like, yeah, they're kind of like taking up all the space. (laughs) These women are taking up too much space. 
they're teen women here, and they are here to montage trying on clothes. So you got to give them the space they need. It's true. It's true. I do think they do a really good job considering, okay, the premise of this movie is that there are four friends who are not spending time together, but they do a really good job in this beginning section of making us believe that they're friends and they have little inside jokes that they do when they're in the yoga studio and the way that they interact with each other is really, um, it sort of has a little bit of that like immature quality that I like about Juno and it's just, it's really believable that these four women are friends. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that they're teens, too. Like, even if they look a little older, they do feel like young women. They don't feel like 25-year-olds. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like, if anything, maybe it's just that America Ferreira's acting chops are just obviously so much better, like, from the start. Like, if anything, like, she seemed a little older to me, but I think it was just because she was so good at acting that I was like, oh, all of these other teen actresses are just, like, kind of floating around. Um, but but I also, I, I think that the, like, beginning, like, montage of, like, what what they were, like, growing up is really cute and, like, how, how they support each other even though they're, like, all different and, like, crazy in a different way and, like it's a, it's um the rare occasion where i'm like this beginning montage is like really well done and like i had no notes like i thought it was like the perfect length to then continue on with just them in the pants store yeah and and jane and i <laughs> have now pants seen store <laughs> the <third job. laughs> jane and i have seen many movies now that are trying to like go back specifically i'm calling out kissing booth that are trying to like go back and recreate that childhood friendship like that that are like just not I don't know, there, there's really great, um, just, like, really good writing in those scenes that, like, establishes everything. I did start to cry in the beginning, when, which is which is always a bad sign. I, I don't know, it's been a rough week, and I've just been weepy, and I and I knew that, like, when I started crying, when, um, I think it was all the divorce stuff just, like, kills me. When she's talking to her friends about the divorce, I just... And I was like, uh-oh, I'm in for a, a ride. Wait, do you mean like when the children are like talking on the phone? That's when you were crying? Yes. Okay, okay, just just establishing. Okay, Um, <laughs> my question was, so the, the premise is that these pants fit these four different body types um, magically, which like, I'm like, okay, whatever, it's stretchy pants. But um, I was going to ask, at this time in your life, how close were you and your besties in height? What would the length difference have been like for the pants for you all? Because they don't really, like, talk about mm. that that much, that Blake Lively is, like, way taller. I guess I guess Alexis Bledel is pretty tall. Yeah, she's pretty tall. That wouldn't have come up for me, but, like, the America Ferreira being fatter than your friends would have definitely come up with me. And, uh, like, I actually remember, like, sharing shorts with a girl that I was on field hockey, which, don't ask why I did freshman field hockey, but... <laughs> um, and it was like a thing because I don't remember her being like that much smaller than me. She wasn't. But like I was like kind of the bigger girl. So like I remember her like pulling the waistband like, oh, they're so big. And like <gasps> it being a thing. And like, <laughs> and oh my like, God. so, but it's, it's like, so it's like I, that, like I, we're seeing so much of those like early aughts fashions coming back in and like internalized misogyny was like part of that fashion so I don't know how the teens are recreating it now without so much shame and guilt for their bodies being different and like they really convinced us that America Ferreira was fat in 2005 (laughs) (laughs) she's not fat even a little bit not at all even when she takes her her pants off she like doesn't have like any sort of roles like she's she's got a butt and she's like a little bit curvier and she is shorter 
than the other girls. But like, I was like, this, I was like, yeah, those pants fit all of them. They're like kind, like maybe yeah, a little bit different in size, but those pants could have fit all of them. Yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, the other ones just don't have a butt that would fill out the pants properly. But like, it's probably America Ferrera's size or Tibby's yeah, size. Yeah, they'd maybe be a little short on on Blake Lively because she is definitely taller. But yeah, like yeah. the like being a different size than your friend, it was like definitely a thing. And I was actually a different size, not just like a little shapelier. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if magical pants like that existed, you know, I think Abercrombie would be selling them for like $599 or something. So like, yeah, but I, I do, um, I do remember being in disbelief that like, cause I, I always, my whole life I've had problems with pants being too long. So like, I've always had to get them hemmed or like double cuff them as is roasted later on, um, which doesn't make sense cause the Lux Spadel so tall. Um, so for me, it was like, I, I was a similar <laughs> size to my friends, but always shorter. Um, and that pissed me off. That's a thing. And then double cuffing would have been a th- thing though, then because like yeah. flares were in style. You would have never double cuffed a flare. Also, they think, they think that like tucking in a shirt and wearing a belt is bad. <laughs> That's like just clothes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's just wearing clothes. <laughs> um, another funny thing is that when we were watching this, Alexis Bledel is, or Lena is the first one to be like, we need rules, we need rules. And then later on, she's like, she's like, we need a final rule. And like, my husband, Nate, was watching with me and he was like, what is her problem? (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is funny that she, that she is like that in the start. Um, Do we, um, do we feel desire to decorate pants? No, Never. that was definitely a thing then. Did you Did you at the time? I did not. I don't like drawing on things, but I definitely had a, a best friend who used to write on her jeans all the time. She used to doodle on her jeans. And like, I remember like a bunch of girls used to do that then. So I was like, but if like you're all sharing the jeans and then you start doodling on them, I was like, then you like can't wear those jeans like anywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. they become like your doodle jeans. <laughs> They sort of, yeah, they sort of make you look like a, more like a child. How about you, Jane? Did you did you feel the urge to decorate pants at this time in your life? Not at all. I don't think I was that type. I did have a pair of jeans that was so ripped up that it was nearly shorts. And I'm against ripped <laughs> jeans. But the, the, the rips in the knees were just so big that it was just almost becoming a separate piece of clothing. Um, another thing about those decorations on the jeans is like, they're, the things that they decorate the jeans with at the end of the movie are about – they're pretty intense stories. For example, Bailey is here. So imagine someone being like, cute. What, what's that about? <laughs> Who's Bailey? Oh, it's my <laughs> <Yeah>. dead friend. <laughs> she was a child. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought that was wrong was that when you first meet Bradley Whitford's white family – um, we thought that his the son the stepson Paul was Paul Walker. <laughs> and then oh my god, he looks like him. Uh, they pulled him just from like the book of like wavy blonde haired white men. They're like, oh, there's like 400 of them. They all look the same. How old were those kids supposed to be? Like, I guess like the girl is supposed to be her age because they're like both trying on dresses together or yeah, whatever. That's other people that unexpect that randomly look like like Mormons in this movie, like the girl. Yeah, they're like so weird. Like, like they could have just been white, but they're like white and like in a cult or something. That <laughs> yeah, family. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, agree. I also, I also think that the mom. I didn't recognize this at the time, but I think the mom or the step white or what am I saying? His second wife. 
Yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> whoever she is. She's like trying really, really hard with the southern accent. I felt mm-hmm. her struggle through this role. Oh. I thought she was good. I don't know. I thought I she was like a good I... actor. I just thought okay. the accent was hard. Okay. Which it is. Yeah, I don't really know where she is. Like, it's sort of just like, it's like she's trying to be rich and Southern. Like, she's trying to do like a like a rich person and a Southern accent at the same time. Yeah. To let you know that she's fancy Southern. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did like, I did like um, all those scenes, though. I think I agree with you that that's some, some of the most normal stuff that's happening because no one's dying. Um, and this is a trope for, like, late 90s to early 2000s in general, is it, like, or I guess it's still happening with, like, This Is Us, which is, like, when there's nothing else wrong going on in your life, like, sort of materially, the, the most tragic thing that can happen is for, like, you know, eight people in your social circles to, like, be dying of, like, various <laughs> things. So, like, that's that's sort of what movies were, like, about. And that's why Grey's Anatomy was so popular during this time, because there's just, like, a new person that's dying. <laughs> Jane's looking at me like Ugh. yeah there were a lot of like dead parent movies that around that time yeah I feel like and we, cancer, it was a lot of economic pr- prosperity so the worst thing that could happen to you was like divorce or death so that yeah tracks. or like aunt with cancer or something anyway or child yeah. with cancer okay let's keep going <laughs> all right Tibby finds 12 year old Bailey passed out in the department store later Bailey wheedles her way into being Tibby's assistant and it turns out she's great at interviewing people Lena nearly drowns and is saved by Kostas a Greek hottie she then learns that her grandfather hates Kostas's grandfather and swears to her grandma that she won't see him again at Bridget uh no (laughs) at camp Bridget is working hard to get Eric's attention and lies to him about her age Carmen is uncomfortable with her father's new family and angry at how they've changed him. She begins to act out. Later, she learns that Lydia's ex-husband is an alcoholic and her son visits him at a rehab facility once a month. Is Costas 35? Because that's (laughs) what he looks like. (laughs) You know, that actor came back and did a few few episodes on um, Jane the Virgin, and he looked Mm. exactly the same. (laughs) Wow. Either he's just very, just buff and... Fisherman-y or for life because i was watching it and i was like i'm 34 now and this is the only person in this movie that i'm like attracted to and yes. i don't believe this man is a day south of 30 <laughs> i mean he's kind of ageless i guess it's all the sunshine he's a vampire yeah yeah he could be much younger but he just looks he looks so mature yeah and maybe because alexis Bedell is very like innocent looking and very like even when alexis Bedell is like now an adult she still looks there's still something very like teen like about alexis Bedell, but yeah he looks mm. really old i know they he's picked, very hot they though. picked a very like sensual looking man sorry jane what you yeah. had to say um alexis Bledel's first name is kimberly oh it's so funny <laughs> just saying she, um, she is kind of a kimberly <laughs> i feel like kimberly could have also been a good celebrity name too like yeah i'm surprised she yeah anyway because she could have been Kim or Kimberly. Yeah. Well, Kim is sort of... She could have been the Kim... I think Kimberly. She would have to go full name. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of Do you guys think Eric is hot? Eric the counselor. I don't think he's as hot as Blake Lively wants him to be in this. I think Blake Lively is so hot that it's like he's like a good looking guy and he's the only one around at this... What is this camp? Like, where are they? What What is going on here? This, like, Mexican all-girls, like, I was like, 
what is going on? This girl is gay. I, we like, were what's saying, happening? Yeah. <laughs> we were like, this is where they send, like, the, like, CIA, like, deep state operatives to train in secret as well. Because it's just this, like, unidentified, like, desert camp. And, <laughs> like, everyone's there. Um, I was going to say, um, my problem with that guy is that the entire movie he's squinting. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to answer your question because... I, if you go back and watch every scene, I swear to God, he's, like, either squinting in the sun and, like, sweaty. And I do believe they really sunburned him. Because, like, later <laughs> on in the movie, he is sunburned. It's real. Like, he is, like, squinting, like, clearly not enjoying the sun. And then he's, like, squinting on the beach because of the wind. In the cantina, he's crinkling up his face for no reason. And then finally in the end, when they're, like, in her suburb, he's, like, more normal. And I'm, like, I feel like this is a different guy. Like... I can't I can't answer. I don't know what his face looks like. He does look different in when they're just like on the cul-de-sac. Cul-de-sacs will do that to you. He is <laughs> He's the only guy there and like to be honest, I'm surprised that she was the only one like trying to throw herself at him cuz like there's many I'm sure there's like I I think she's supposed to not be a high school senior yet, but I'm sure there were like older girls at the camp too who are like I'm even closer to his age, you know? I don't know. Um Yeah, but I, Blake Lively is there. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, he is all yours. <laughs> like she is, she is so aggressive too. Like, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I like the idea that Bridget is this reckless person, and I believe that it's true. But be, but I also could believe that she's just this really hot girl who knows she's hot, and she's like, he's not going to say yeah. no. Yeah, I agree with that, and I, I think that it. It feels it I think it also feels very like 2005 2004 of that like they almost like slut shame her in that the guy is like I can't do this and I was like no that wouldn't have happened <laughs> <laughs> that if Blake Lively was aggressively coming on to you and you like and you were like maybe a couple years older than her you probably would have just hooked up with her like it was like Oh, I am a I am a camp counselor. I could not possibly cross those lines. I was like, maybe I'm a little jaded, but this feels crazy to me. Yeah, that, what like, you're like a you're like a college freshman or sophomore on a summer. Like, absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's like what you were hoping would happen. Yeah. Why are all the cancel- <laughs> counselors like one older woman and then like a bunch of college men <laughs> for this all, all girls camp? Yeah, I I also feel like well. She is, everyone is so sexy in this part of the movie because you're, you're getting to know Costas and then you're also getting to know um, Blake Lively. And she's, <laughs> I, I don't really, I don't really, the, the I'm 17 like sort of comes out of nowhere for me. Like they're not talking about that. They're talking about like running or something or like soccer. And then she's like, I'm 17, <laughs> which I think is really funny. And then um, I do think that when she pours the water on her face, it's like, I remember watching that when I was 13 and being like, holy shit, like my mind like exploded. And then like now when I watch it, it's like kind of silly and like doesn't look that good. <laughs> like it's not very well executed. <laughs> so I, I kind of liked it. Like looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just like a teen girl putting her water bottle on her face. <laughs> like that that is like a waste of water. I disagree. I think it looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, I just... 
I could see how badly that would have gone for not just me, but like most, even like hot teen girls I knew at 17. And she's, she does it much better than I think any girl that I went to high school with could have pulled it off. I think they should have put more water. Like there was like almost too little water for me because her hair is so long. No, her hair is so long, but it just like disappears because it's like the hair just soaks it up. This movie also taught me that I definitely don't, like at the age of 13, that I definitely am not a girl who loves to run and maybe never will because she's she's just like so like, oh my God, don't you love to run? And I'm like, "Mm." oh my God, (laughs) the running fetish this movie has is psychotic. Um, I will say that I watched this movie once with my father and he was like, she's not a runner. Her form is bad. People who do um, love to run can be like that, though. So I was like, this oh, is definitely yeah. the character I don't relate to because I don't know how to hit on people and I don't know how to run. And I don't have an I'm not six feet tall with naturally blonde hair that goes to my waist. And I, there's nothing I relate to with this character. <laughs> I would not run with it flying around, soaking up sand. If you if you've ever been on a beach, you know that like if yeah, you, you leave you your hair back. like that, it gets so like like covered with sand but anyway but she takes all that time to blow it out every morning clearly truly (laughs) she also like after running pretty hard just like falls down and like lies on the ground and that would make you like hurt (laughs) like just psa don't do that like walk around (laughs) um what do we what do we think about we haven't talked about tibby at all like what do we think about them in this part of the movie because this is when they're just like kind of snipping at each other Tibby and Bailey, I always wanted to know where their parents were. That's, like, what I was always thinking about. Because, like, there just seems to be no adults involved. And, like, I feel like if my daughter had leukemia, I would, like, I would be around. Maybe I would maybe let her, like, hang out with her friend or whatever. I wouldn't let her go to Walmart alone to just, like, like, that if she's that sick that she can just, like, pass out. I was like, where is this girl's mother? Was like, I mean, that's clearly me not being a teen anymore, but me being like, I don't like that there are no adults here (laughs) oh i I was gonna say i think it's implied that tibby has to like babysit a lot because her mom is working but sometimes she's like at home and the mom's like go get the baby and i'm like wait i thought the whole point was like her mom is kind of like preoccupied because she's a single mom did i did i make that up i don't know um yes no that's true she is always like babysitting so she is always like her mom is around but like busy because she's like a single working mom yeah but then sometimes she's still in the house i don't know whatever um, I I like this part of the movie for them because I, I think it's really cute when they're like snipping back and like just like some of the stuff they say to each other is funny because they're both good good actors of being like annoying like the license to ride a bike thing is like a pretty good comeback um, <laughs> I I don't I don't generally like precocious child narratives um Mm. so i think i liked the part of the movie when they were just annoyed with each other yeah she gets very wise very quickly i do need to jump in here and say that this actor is my doppelganger (laughs) and when i was a kid i look exactly like her (laughs) truly like tibby or like bailey bailey oh oh, wow interesting i don't know if you look like when i was a kid i promise you i've gotten much better looking since then but um yeah, I like to be like, I'm the, the cancer girl from Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Who died? Um, I actually think you look like um, Ruth Wilson, who now is in um, His Dark Materials. Anyway, um, I do like uh, Brian, who is like the video game guy. 
His story arc throughout the books is that he just like becomes randomly hot and then they date later. I don't like Brian. There's no trace of that here. He's lame. Why do they give him stupid clothing? He's wearing like a t shirt on a long sleeve shirt and a beanie. Jen, you can't say he's lame. You're newly a gamer girl. I'm fine with gaming, but can't like why doesn't he go buy a freaking console? Wait, people didn't wear t-shirts over long sleeves. I was just about to say, t-shirts over long shirts was definitely something like the skater boys wore. And that's what I think he's supposed to be. No, and I hate it. I hate (laughs) it. That's all I have to say. I I do vividly remember when he kind of body rolls as he's gaming. Because I remember like that was something that people like in my in my class were like saying about him like was like a really funny thing like they were like that was like the peak of comedy like oh my watching God. this nerd like body rolling at the at the gaming thing at the gaming thing at the arcade game um i i also like i think that they do a good job with showing like tibby setting out to make fun of all these people and then actually like has like a pretty good time like talking to people in her hometown i guess is that like because of bailey because yeah, yeah, Bailey yeah. reveals reveals their inner self. Tibby feels like the most like we were saying uh, saying that Alexis Bedell is giving Rory Gilmore isn't giving Rory Gilmore. Tibby is or whatever that actress's name is, I forget it, is definitely giving Joan of Arcadia. She's playing the same character yeah, in this movie as she did. Oh. Uh, that like very nihilistic, like uh, you know, cynical teen, and. Um, Sometimes she feels a little out of place just because she feels like so unoptimistic. Like the rest of the, like, she feels like so miserable. And it's like, why? Like you chose to stay home and, and work, but that's like not the worst thing that could happen to you. Like she feels a little too cynical sometimes. Yeah, I think they were trying to like, I don't know. I remember even when this came out, I was like, does this person exist? Like they're kind of trying to have a punk, like cynical person. But I... I, I didn't like relate to her at all and I also just like didn't know anyone who who was like that because the cynical people I knew who wanted to be alt were like really happy being alt and like mm, you know yeah. like happily opting out of doing sports you know stuff like that so like I don't know yeah I didn't know anyone like that yeah I did relate to her in that I was definitely someone when I was in high school who like didn't want to be there like I really probably didn't have like a lot of super close friends because I was just like never like looking back I was like oh I was never really there I wanted to leave but that doesn't seem to be her end goal no like she's not like oh she's not like ladybird she's not like I gotta get out of this town and away from all these people because she clearly loves her friends and she like wants to make a movie, but like it doesn't seem like an end game to get out of Dodge for her, which I feel like maybe is why she doesn't quite connect. Yeah, that would have been so easy to write in, but that's not what happens. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Anyway, um, should we should we go on to to um some jumping into the ocean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Costas tells Alina she's scared of more than just her grandparents, and she realizes that he's right. Later, she cries and jumps into the sea in her underwear, and Kostas jumps in after. They start spending more time together. Tibby learns that Bailey has terminal cancer. Bailey admits that she's not scared of dying, just of not having enough time. Bridget goes to a bar to meet Eric, only for him to say he can't do this. Later, they have a heart-to-heart on the beach. Carmen tries on her bridesmaid dress, which is too small. The tailor and Lydia are saying insensitive stuff about her body, so Carmen runs away. When she comes home to find her father and his new family happily eating dinner, she throws a rock through the window. 
the moment in the the bridal shop is confusing to me because I just don't believe that they would have asked her father for her measurements. Like, I just think women are smarter than that. Like, I I don't think women would ask a man for measurements or a size. They would have, like, or if he was like, I don't know, medium, she would be like, no, I need you to get her actual measurements. Like, especially if you were, like, that intense of a wedding lady, you wouldn't have just, like, winged it on one of your bridesmaids' dresses. Like, that, like, it's not, like, the fat phobia or the racism that makes me mad. I mean, obviously, those things are the worst things in those scenes. But, like, that's all I could think of last night when I was watching it. I was like this wouldn't have happened this way. Like no woman this intense would have just not gotten her, her bridesmaids measurements. Yeah. Wouldn't you have been able to just see a picture and be like, okay, clearly she is not a size four. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, I don't know. Maybe he truly did not. Maybe like the implication is that he truly did not talk about Carmen, which is like super shitty or like even, but like, again, I'm like, Photos exist in this part of the world yeah. this time, so like I don't understand. <laughs> Photos exist. You had still made the choice to make her your bridesmaid, yeah. so you would have had to be involved. And I agree, you yeah. would have had to talk to her somehow, or you would have like called her mom up and been like, "What size is Carmen?" You know, like women don't communicate, don't not communicate those type of things. I feel also, like that's how I like, sort of feel about it. There are like. There are, I mean, I, I remember like the scene being like really heartbreaking and like really, yeah, I think, I think, um, I, I really loved it at the time and I still think, oh my God, America for her is so good. She's I do great. think like it's, it's weird because it like presumes that white people in the South are all thin, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. maybe like, maybe her friends, are, I keep forgetting like the mom's name, Lydia's name, Lydia's friends, maybe her like in her circles they are, but like, I'm like, white people who are fatter also exist in the south so like it doesn't make sense that she would have assumed that and that like the main reveal was that she was latina like i don't like they're just like oh my god like someone with curves like (laughs) yeah i think at the time i related to it a lot of just being like being a larger woman and be or a larger teen and being like not you know like i don't look like her i think is like a very powerful moment like even even though i'm obviously white but like that I like at the time connected to but when I was watching it as an like older more jaded person I was like this feels wrong although I will say in the south there is a very strange culture especially like rich southern people of like there is a big like fat shaming like Mm. you have to be thin and perfect sort of like in those circles Mm. so I that I thought checked out but I didn't make sense to me that she wouldn't have just like gotten her measurements yeah that's true that's true yeah and also I, I agree about the measurements thing because he, she knows that he's not seeing his daughter constantly, like, unless he's lying about it. Like, I don't know. I agree that that's a good question. And I, I'm i wondering if the dress thing is specifically just her feeling different, like you said, yeah. and being like, I'm not part of this family. And yeah. this is just an example of that. And it's just, I think it's it's only because of America's, America's acting that... It yeah, feels she's so, great. I don't know, touching. I've never seen America Ferreira in something where she doesn't, like, absolutely crush it. Like, she's just such a good actress. Yeah, it almost it almost doesn't even matter that they were saying, like, super rude, like, awful, evil things. Like, even if it had just been, like, murmurs that we couldn't really understand and maybe she could tell that they were just, like, ugh, like, she's making everything inconvenient for us. And then, like, even just that, like... I can understand, like, her feeling. Yeah, maybe they should have just, like, not tried to write in dialogue that didn't make sense, I guess. 
and just like maybe she she would have just like seen their faces like being like oh now we have to start over or shit like that um yeah i mean i uh, this this part of the movie is like so heartbreaking for her yeah i think that thing of like i agree with you that like i think they probably wouldn't have voiced it. I think it would have just been a like a lot of like weird looks at each other and like, oh, it's okay. We can we can reconstruct it or we can remeasure you. There would it, yeah. But I, I mean, I think for this type of movie, for the time period and like for America Ferrera, it makes sense for them to voice it. Like I think for Absolutely. like the script. You're so right that her being a curvy Puerto Rican woman like at this time would be like a bigger statement than it would be now totally yeah and I love the like Carmen like the other one is Carmen like I I've like memorized so many lines in this movie and a lot of them are just hers because she does it so well (laughs) like the moment where she yells she has an ass is like a huge like core memory for me (laughs) I'm like very excited another clothing situation is that lena is starting to wear more revealing clothing and like more colors and when she gets on the moped with costas she she takes her hair down and she like wiggles her waves everywhere and she looks so gorgeous and then obviously she jumps into the pool um in her in her uh, white underwear lingerie yeah (laughs) i will say that in the book a big oh the sea the sea The Sea, The Sea, a book by Iris Murdoch. Um, In the books, there's a big difference, which is that she's, she goes to this pool naked and Kostas, when she first meets him, he like finds her. And then there's a big misunderstanding where her grandparents think that he assaulted her basically. And that's oh. not at all what happened. And later in the book, she realizes that she had been in his private kind of what he thought of his, as his secret area and so there had just been a total misunderstanding. And that's how they, that's their meet cute. Yeah, it was hard. I think, so first of all, when I was 13 and then even still now, like their parts are like the best like travel porn ever. And like, I just want to be, I want to catch fish in a beautiful seaside town and like ride a little donkey and like draw my lover, even though I don't draw. <laughs> like, I just like want to be her so bad. But like, I I I think even at the time, what was hard for me was like this thing of like you're not scared of your parents, you're scared or, or of your family, you're scared of falling in love. And I was like, no, like I would have felt like a huge amount of pressure of staying at my grandparents' home where like I don't really know them very well, and there's this like beef, like there's like what seems like violent, like angry conflict. Like that would have been the main concern for me is like making people mad and like not. Yeah, again, like, I can't relate to her being so shy. But but, but they, they totally do away with, like, her... Well, maybe that's maybe that's not fair. I just, I just truly was like, no, you guys should be more worried that, like, this random tourist is, like, coming in and just, like, disregarding, like, what was, you know, really important to her family. I don't know. That's... I'm on the grandparents' side. <laughs> Boo! I think that makes sense. <laughs> I, I think if my grandmother like sat me down and was like, this is a bad man from a bad family, you should not date him. I would maybe not be like, you're right, grandma, but I would be like, oh, this is going to really upset grandma. And I like, right. should be careful. Yeah. Like, I don't think you would like actively want to upset your very like intense Greek grandmother who like, I makes disagree. You swear. She lives in Greece. <laughs> 
Lena lives in the United <laughs> States. These people don't even know each other. Family ties are not that important. She should fall in love. Pro-Lena. <laughs> anti No, I, I'm definitely pro-Lena should fall in love, and it definitely doesn't matter, and it's stupid. But, like, I understand the idea of, like, yeah, if my grandmother was, like, don't talk to this bad boy, I would be like, oh, okay. I Like, I would, like, consider it, probably. Yeah, I think, <laughs> think I think it's it. more like yeah, and it's it's also there's some there's some really cute scenes in the start where she when she first arrives in Greece, which is that she's they've lived apart from each other for so long, but when she sees them for the first time, like her grandma is like, "Oh my god, I love you. Like I'm so happy to see you." And it's and so it's this like sort of cultural difference of being like just because you're my family, like I love you and like even though like Lena is obviously like, "What the fuck? Like I don't know you at all." Like she clearly is like Oh, I like have never felt sort of like um that that sort of like uh just just expressiveness before and like that is something that like touches her. And so like if that were me in that in that um moment, I would be like, "Wow, this is so nice and like let me try to get to know them more." Um that said, like if they were like he's a bad boy and then like I saw what that guy looked like, I'd be like, "Yeah, he <laughs> is and I'm going to go talk to him. Like he looks so hot." Yeah. So and I want to hang out on his bones. <laughs> yes, the nipples are like a central feature of her drawings. Yeah, why? Like they're um, so big. I was like, that's not what he looks like. <laughs> um, I said, would you rather spend the summer wearing what Lena wears in this part, or what Bridget is wearing all summer? Like sundresses versus like booty shorts, I guess. I would definitely not. I would definitely prefer to be in like dresses and like just like light. Like it's like linen she's wearing a lot of, but mm. she is wearing a lot of long sleeves. And it is grease, and there is definitely not air conditioning in any of those houses. And I was like, Ugh, everything she's wearing just looks hot. But at seventeen, yeah, I, I don't think I would have really ever bad. have dressed as scantily as Bridget. <laughs> I was a real dork, so I wouldn't have dressed that way. Jane, a leisure obsession. I wish I could be Lena. Like, I, I wish I was that feminine and that kind of, um, like, fragile looking, but I simply do not look like that. And so I'd have to go with sports bras and booty shorts. Yeah, I think I agree that, like, I would, I would love to look like Lena, but I would also just, like, sweat so much and, like, smell bad. Yeah, I had a lot of religious-based a little religious-based shame as a teen. So I would have probably still dressed more like Lena. I, mm. I think the two are a little too extreme, but I wouldn't have worn like really short shorts and like crop tops ever in, as a teenager, even a little bit. I, I will say that maybe one failure of this movie is that I couldn't track when people were wearing the pants or like it wasn't <laughs> to me. Maybe I'm stupid. Okay. But like, I really could not focus on when people were wearing the pants and if that was happening at like the high points. Cause like, I just like, couldn't I just like didn't notice when they were wearing the pants and I, I feel they could have like zoomed in and be, been like ah, ah, she's wearing the pants like <laughs> yeah I feel like they do that the first time with Lena when she falls into the ocean like the yeah. pants get caught it's like a magical pant moment and then yeah I think it's hard to track I think the whole movie in general is like it's a little strange that they made it a movie because it's really like four different almost vignettes like, it's supposed to be this movie about these four women sharing an experience, but they're not. They're like, it's like, so it's every scene is like a different story. And I was like, this is sort of a strange movie. I'm surprised they made this, but 
This is also um this is the part of the movie where there's a lot of songs I remember from this. Oh yeah. Like I remember the song when she jumps in the ocean and mm-hmm. um No Sleep Tonight is playing Can't and like stop Richard this is playing feeling. I love that song. Yeah, same. This is also this is the part of the movie where my mom was like, Everyone is stripping because like Lena finally jumps into the ocean. It's an emotional <laughs> stripping. She's stripping away the the boundaries that she's put up mm, mm. tell your mom that yeah i will um <laughs> i also noticed something funny which is that okay two funny things that like made me made me laugh at the extras or not extras but minor characters one is that um when when carvin comes in like saying some stuff uh lydia's daughter is like is she speaking spanish and i, I was like that too. they <laughs> oh they have a li- number one this it's 2005 it's not like you (laughs) and then also they have a latina housekeeper like what (laughs) it's only the second most spoken language in this country and they almost definitely have to learn it at school it's so funny and then um the other is that when they're in the bar when bridget and her friends are in the camp bar (laughs) the cantina um she goes and like finds Eric like having a beer with another coach, I think. And then he's like, she's like, come dance with me. And his friend is like, he just like gives this face like, guess you got to go dance. There. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, we knew this was happening. Blake Lively. His friend is like, yeah, sounds like a solid argument to me. <laughs> How does she dance like that? Like, it's incredible. I, I don't even know. I wouldn't even. I, I'm speechless. Yes, I agree. This was like something when I was a teenager watching this movie, I was like, do people just dance like that? Like spontaneously? Is that what it means? And I like I I spent a lot of time like thinking about that. (laughs) I mean, I think it is. No, but like it does make sense because like I definitely went to school with girls who are very, very hot. And like I don't remember any girl be like like when you're 17, you don't have to be that sexy. Like if you're just hot, like there's very little work involved because like it's just like. It's like nobody knows what they're doing. Like nobody has to like dump water on themselves and like gyrate and like all the things that Blake Lively does. I was like, she just does this so effortlessly. And I just don't think someone her age would be this good at it. Like I believe that she would maybe be that hot. But like this is like this is the game of like a much older woman. (laughs) Yeah, I think she's just supposed to be that effervescent and like magical that she just knows how to dance like that. She just knows how to. But I, I do think in the books it. Yeah, it it is that she's not she's not very like she's not like super duper duper beautiful. She just is like really sexy and has beautiful hair. And so like that makes more sense, but like Blake Lively is obviously very beautiful. Okay, I had one more question for this section. Um when Carmen throws the rock and then decides to leave, I remember watching this being like, "Oh my god, I would never be able to figure out how to get home." Like, do you think like in high school, like maybe when you're like 15, I think they are in this movie, you would be able to or just like feel capable and confident of figuring out an interstate trip by yourself like via changing buses and stuff to go home like that was so wild to me at the time yeah I guess you could justify it because it sounds like she goes and visits her dad a couple times a year so maybe she's used to navigating like interstate travel by herself Cause like mm. I, when I was in high school, I could have, I, you know, we would definitely have gotten on like New Jersey transit and got into the city and we would have known like local 
public transportation, right. but I never would have known how to like get to a Greyhound bus stop and like get up, like buy a ticket and have money to buy a ticket and like travel across three states by myself. I don't Yeah, think. it's so adult. I was like, and she's like leaving a message on a payphone. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I can't do that. Yeah. No. And I'm like a rule follower. I would never have just like left my dad's to like go somewhere like to just like totally leave i maybe would have like run off and like taken a walk around the block or like also didn't she just like leave a bunch of shit there then like yeah she must have she throws the rock and then she leaves like what i feel like the more realistic scenario would have just been her mom would have come to get her right like that would have been like it went south and then mom would have been waiting there like we called your mom because we don't know it went south and then her mom would have gone south to come pick her up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Conceivably, she doesn't even have a smartphone. So for me, I, I no useless. Oh, yeah, without yeah, a no smartphone. smartphone. Yeah. My uh, my old boss used to say that all the time. He used to be like, "Damn, like your generation can't get anywhere without pulling up Google Maps. Like, how are you ever gonna know where anything is?" And I'm like, "Fucking I, Google I don't Maps. Care. Like, I, that's fine. how I'm gonna know. <laughs> you stupid idiot." Yeah. Message on a payphone. I did relate to. I definitely left a lot of. I definitely used to like call my mom i used to like cut dial collect to get my mom to pick me up sometimes because there were no we didn't have we, i didn't have a cell phone until i was like 18 that's cool it's cool that you i think the the like i don't know the vibes of like calling collect from a payphone is very like mysterious american traveler to me <laughs> okay let's go to the end <laughs> all right back home carmen is venting to tibby but gets angry when tibby says she should have be more understanding of lydia and tell her father how she really feels bridget finally has sex with eric but afterwards she feels lonely kosas tells lena he loves her right before they are caught lena appeals to her grandfather saying she is shy like him and kosas helps her open up he says yes and she runs to tell kosas she loves him carmen apologizes to tibby and then calls her dad to say how she, how hurt she is that he started a new family Tibby visits Bailey in the hospital to give her the genes and soon after hears that Bailey has died. She turns her documentary into a movie about Bailey. Carmen and Tibby comfort Bridget and then Eric shows up to apologize. All the girls drive to Carmen's father's wedding and he invites her to stand with the bridal party. This is where Eric is sunburned, by the way. Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Kathleen. This is the part of the movie where it really feels like Lena is, like, in a different movie. Because, like, the worst yeah. thing that happens to her is, like, her grandparents slightly disagree about the boy she's dating. And, like, for everyone else, someone has horribly died or they've, like, <laughs> separated from their father or they have to, like, confront him at his own way. Like, everyone's – the stakes are so high for everyone else. And for Lena, it's just, like, it's, like, I can't go dancing. My cousin's told on me. <laughs> like, she really has that, like, pretty girl charmed life thing a little bit. They also really, really tell the Costas actor to say, like, to, I, okay, to be honest, like, at this time in my life and now, like, I can't tell you what a 20-something-year-old Greek man would sound like, because it seems like he's pretty hip to American culture anyway, like, oh, yeah, doesn't he say he, like, grew up in Chicago He lived there until he was 12. Yeah, he grew so, up like, in Chicago. So, like, it doesn't, like... They, they they really turn up his accent. <laughs> like, I was confused by that, too. I was like, if he lived in the United States until he was 12, why does he have such a thick American, a thick Greek accent? He would be bilingual, but he wouldn't, he wouldn't sound like fresh off the boat Greek. <laughs> yeah, he's like, this is where I sell my fish, but you already knew that, eh? Like, he just like, yeah. says these, like, crazy lines that also, like... 
are very like like he's out of like a children's book about being a fisherman <laughs> and he loves to say he loves to say is it something else like he loves to say something yes else. or is it like, something he else that, it is a very like it is a very remote part of greece they seem to be in like i know that like they really there doesn't seem to be a single piece of modern technology like it looks (laughs) like she's like they're just like in a villa and there's like they just fish and there's no they're barely electric like there's i don't there's no televisions there's no like computers (laughs) they're just like in some like out of time greek island it feels like it feels very like and like everyone there, like they don't really. It seems like the grandmother and Costas are the only people who speak English. And I was like, this would have been like a resort town. I'm sure they would have all, or like a lot of them, would have spoken English. It it feels very like an American's idea of the far off land of Greece. Yeah, and I know, you know, I know. I said I really like this like touching moment of like her family, just like having these family ties. But then it really escalates into kind of like caricature, like. You can't turn your back on your family. Oh, you'll have nothing. Like it's this like mystical Greek woman stuff. Like at the yeah. end, but it is also because she sees Koso's nipples. So like I can understand that it scrambles her brain a little <laughs> really? bit. <laughs> she She's like, oh shit, this is some dark magic. Like Koso's nipples are too big. I did wonder what year Big Fact Greek. Greek, uh, big fat Greek wedding came out because it felt like they were like, yeah, let's capitalize yeah. on this crazy Greek people yeah. thing that we were really interested in what Greek people were doing <laughs> early yeah, on. Like, I wonder if people want to go to Santorini. Like, let's set it there. No, I, I, I want to go. I really want to go. Um, I also think I didn't understand what Kosas was trying to tell her on the boat because they cut each other off about a bunch. Like, she like starts to explain, and then he's like, no, I know. Mm. And she's like, what do you see then? And then they just can't, like, there's no words, which, like, again, like, that's something in the book that they're supposed to just, like, understand each other. But in the movie, I'm like, what are you, what are you talking His about? His turtleneck is is talking very loudly for, for everyone, I think. <laughs> um, the way that Lena says, well, okay, so first of all, at one point, Lena drops the note that she receives from Bridget under the bed. And I did scream, no, this time. And then when she says, I love you, she sounds like a little child. She goes... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> it's crazy. She's very demure. Give her a break. She's just very gentle. No, she's very it's, ladylike. It's peak, peak romantic feminine for her to like wear the sundress and hop on the Vespa. And I love that song that's yeah. playing in the background. I used to play that in like Lion Bed and like imagine like if I could have a romantic storyline in Greece, like the you song. You do see some kissing. tongue at the, on the boat. That was always a big deal for me as, like, a kid. I was like, whoa, he put his tongue in her mouth. Um, it's a great, it's yeah. a great, like, it is, movie I mean, they're, for sure. They're two they're very beautiful people. They look good together. What do we think about um, Bridget having sex? Do we think that she had sex on the beach? Yes. I think so, yeah. Jane okay. hates that. I don't love when people have sex for the first time in places that, that are, like, like, hard mode sex like (laughs) challenging (laughs) does he have a condom like i i'm not sure it it doesn't really work for me yeah i think there's been years of like demystifying sex on the beach being like terrible like you'd be you'd be sandy and dirty and like there's a lot going on to the to their credit i do think bridget is the type of person the type of character who would think that it was fun and then maybe was like oh this is so difficult (laughs) Yeah. Um I I really I mean 
I think that they the reason Bridget's character is kind of compelling is that her aggroness and like recklessness is like very much tied into like her journey about like grieving for her mom and like I did like feel very sad when she was like oh like shit like now I need my mom and like it really scares me and like she's gone and um and and you know just like just like hints that she has some like mental health shit that she has to figure out about feeling you know perhaps manic and then coming down Mm um yeah I I think like the important at, at this time too in my life like it was a movie where the girl went ahead and had sex it was consensual well you know like he's the coach whatever but but like it was not good for her and not because it wasn't consensual or like it, w- it was like assault or something but because like there was there was more going on it was just this like layers of like emotion and like maturity that like I had I hadn't really like seen and like I grew up in a very like Catholic like culture and it was all just like here's the slutty people here's the like good people who wait and it was just like it was like huge for me to like see this storyline I guess is like yeah you could go ahead and be the super confident girl and have sex and there's like something that goes wrong like emotionally yeah. for you um, yeah I had one note on the mental health conversation that they have oh, yeah which sort of stood up to me stood up to me stood out to me is when her friends one of them says like you have strength that your mom never yes. had which yeah like, mm-hmm. is a Oof. little like tone deaf and I, I i do think that you know that is something that you might say to a friend if you're a teen and you're comforting them but obviously now the conversation about it is more like oh she was ill and like yeah. maybe yeah. needed different medication and she would be fine yeah there was like watching the whole thing i like i think usually when you go back and watch movies that you watched as a teen you're like does this still hold up like they're like how do we think about it by like through today's lens and i was like this movie's pretty good like it for the most part passes the test of time pretty well and that was the one point part that i was like ooh about i was like ooh they just like implied that like yeah i was like this is just not the conversation we have around mental health anymore and like yeah. i think it's something we would have definitely said in a movie even maybe five years ago or 10 years ago. Um, but it, it was, it, it like, as soon as you said it, I was like, I was like, yeah, that was the thing that I was also going to bring up because it, it was like, Ooh, that was cringy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think like they, they sort of, I think there's an implication that like it's Bridget is going to be okay. Cause she has her friends. Whereas like Bridget's dad and like her family, I think she has a brother in the books too. Yeah. Bridget's family is like kind of cold and like, that's like another reason like, her mom like felt detached from them all is like the dad i mean it's he's kind of a character in this movie caricature in this movie like he writes her like a note on office stationery <laughs> and stuff but i think like yeah part of it was that like her dad like never knew how to support the mom and stuff like that but yeah they should have just focused on like the you know you have us and we're gonna take care of you and not this like line about like you're stronger or whatever um yeah yeah but you know i i agree like it's not perfect but it does seem to pass the test of time better than i expected maybe yeah i mean if i only have one major note like that that's pretty good <laughs> it's like they it did really pretty does good. hold up like i would believe that this movie came out later than 2005 if someone if i didn't wasn't obsessed with it um yeah you mentioned that bailey's parents are not around and i think that that is most evident on the <laughs> night that she's like Dying? Dying, yeah. And Tibby is there with her alone. <laughs> what? Like, 
if I was that, if I was that girl's mother, I'd be like, her weird friend who works at the Walmart is here. No, tell her to go away. My yeah. daughter is dying. Yeah, I'll be uh, honest. Like this is where I like start kind of like zoning out during the Bailey parts, just because they just write her all these like wise child like speeches, and it's like yeah. hard for me to stay in. I think when I watched it at the time, though, we cried in the theater because it was mm. like fun to be there for it. It's it's melodramatic. I think that it's something that doesn't work as well for me now. And I can kind of like Bailey just feels less of a real human and she feels almost I'm sure there's a someone out there wrote a conspiracy theory that she's actually an angel that, you know, was sent down to help Tibby. Like she just doesn't <laughs> feel like a real person. Sorry, I was reading some Sopranos conspiracy theories the other day. Um, I think the best scene of the movie, hands down is when Carmen calls her dad. Yeah. And she puts on I mean this she should have won an Oscar. Like it's yeah. unreal. And I love that her father so her father is just listening to her and his face is hidden by his hand and I feel like that's usually not good. Not that I know anything about filmmaking, but like usually you want to see the character's face, but I you get so much from him having his face just like hidden by his hand yeah. oh it's so good yeah, it's just and like yeah, two really good actors doing a really good scene yeah that scene yeah. makes me cry yeah and like <sighs> i think an important part this or an important thing this movie does well is that it shows people talking out their problems and having fights and like crying but like in a healthy way like i also even like carmen and tibby's fight because they're clearly like spiraling about something else and then, like, later they're like, okay, we were clearly both, like, really fucking stressed out by two, like, insane things that were happening to us. Like, and, yeah, yeah there's just, like, this movie, like, shows, like, crying and being angry while talking about feelings is, like, fine. And, like, my family is filled with, like, angry criers who, like, spill our feelings while crying. And so, like, I don't know, it was validation. <laughs> but, yeah, I, lo- I love that scene. I love, I, I, I used to, like, rewatch it. <laughs> like did I just want to cry? Like, I don't know. But I used to, like, go to that part of the DVD. I remember re-watching the Carmen scene just because it was so good. And I remember re-watching when Lena goes to, like, kiss Costas. <laughs> two very different, sure. two very different Hits vibes. Hits all the notes, though. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, the Tibby storyline is strange because it's, like, I feel like the other three go through, like, very relatable things for teen girls to go through. Like, one of them is falling in love, one of them is trying to lose her virginity, and one of them is, like, dealing with just, like, family shit, and, like, or, and, like, one is dealing with, like, a dead parent. They all feel like very, like, teen storylines, and then Tibby's is this, like, she meets a girl who's dying. Like, that, it feels like its own movie. Like, that, like, the Tibby Bailey thing almost feels like, like, some sort of feel-good movie that got, like, inserted into this other, like, teen movie. And that's why I think, like, the Bailey stuff you don't relate to. Because it wasn't relatable. Like, it wasn't, like, a strange thing. Like, she was, she like, her thing was that she was staying home and working for the summer. That could have just been a storyline without this other, like, Bailey thing. It could have been, like, she meets a guy, at the, you know, working. And she has to navigate paying, you know, being the daughter of a single mom. You know, like, there were a lot of things about Tibby that could have been relatable. But I think the Bailey thing makes her super unrelatable. Yeah, I sort of love the 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 like concept of this like cynical teen, like starting the documentary and just realizing that she actually really. It's funny because Tibby, 
Tibby, like, sees herself as someone who's, like, laughing at how much people suck, but, like, she very clearly, like, loves finding out about stuff that Bailey gets out of these people. So even without Bailey, it could have been, like, a storyline about how she, like, gets to know, like, the people who are around her hometown and they're actually super interesting and maybe, like, that's the beauty of, like, a documentary or whatever. Like, that, you know, yeah. I I didn't need the, the wise child, um... But she does look like Jane, and <laughs> she does. She did make me cry at that age. So, like, you know, I'll give yeah. the movie that. Um, yeah, and maybe, maybe it would have kept this part of the movie from not feeling like there were eight like crying things happening at the same time. Yeah, like she could have just made a documentary about like how cool her town is, and like here are my friends. Like that would have been like a nice way to connect the storylines. Maybe. Do we think that um in the scene when Carmen goes back and like goes to be in the wedding like it really looks like Lydia does not want her up there (laughs) (laughs) I understand it's like a beautiful ending for Carmen's family but Lydia's face is like yeah hell fucking no like I don't want in Lydia's defense if it was my wedding and (laughs) that shit was going down I would be a little put off. I would have been like, you could have done this before. Like, I'm glad you're reconnecting with your daughter, but it is my day. <laughs> I would be so pissed at him. Yeah. Uh, you should have worked this out sooner. And she's <laughs> not even when wearing, I am wearing like, a $2,000 dress. <laughs> she's not even wearing like something that would be a wedding guest attire for the wedding. Like, I get that the point is for her to wear the jeans, but she's not even wearing like a nice blouse. She's wearing like a pretty, pretty colorful t-shirt. <laughs> That bothered me so much that none of them got dressed for a wedding. I was like, I know she's supposed to be wearing the jeans, but like, yeah, none of them look like they're they're like dressed for a wedding. I, like that would have just pissed me off. I think it's funny because she kind of like looks back at Krista and they all like smile at each other, but nothing has been resolved between them. So yeah. it's sort of, it, it reads a little false. Should we, um, should we wrap up and give her, give her final thoughts? Okay. Um, so We've come to the end. We're going we're gonna to ask three questions. And Kathleen, you can go first each time. Um, so the first question is, is this movie good or bad? I think it's a good movie. I think like it, I really like a movie. I don't think we get a lot of movies that are just about women who care about each other. And I think that is what makes it so unique, even among like teen movies of both the time and now. And I think for, like we said, I think for the most part, it pretty much holds up. I agree. I think, like, I was surprised how good it was because I remember it so fondly. But, yeah, I I just didn't remember that it was actually, like, really well made. Yeah, I didn't either. I was like, I remember liking it, like, as a young woman. But I was like, oh, this is this is this movie's good. Yeah. And it like for a movie that has to do four storylines, like it really succeeds. Yeah, it feels like a movie that wouldn't get made now. Like it, it feels too like there's like a lot going on and it's only about these women and it's not sexy or scandalous. I, sexy. I can't think of another, <laughs> it is, it is sexy. That's fair. I, but I, yeah, I can't really think of like other teen, mo- like it feels very different than other teen movies to me. Jane. Um, I think this movie is great and I love it. Oh, that was the second question, <laughs> no which notes. is, do you, do you like this movie? <laughs> Yeah, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed watching it again more than I thought I was even going to. I was like, oh, I remember liking this movie. And I was like, oh, this is a really good movie. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think I can watch it again for a long time. I know this movie so well, guys. Like, I was, like, saying some of the dialogue. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, like, 
I, I have watched it too much. It's like oversaturated for me, but I, I do love it. And I think like I, it even made me want to go back and like look at the books. But like, yeah, but but I also um, I just really, I really, really hope they don't try to remake it. <laughs> it made me really upset. OK, um, the third question is, what type of teen is this movie for, Kathleen? Oh, I I mean, I think it's probably for like a book teen ideally but i think i think it could have appealed to like most girls most young girls between like 13 and and like 21 like i think most i i can't think like i had a bunch of my girlfriends over last night and i said i watched it for this podcast and everyone in the room went oh like it is i think definitely a movie that a lot of women are like our age or like millennial women like i have a for I also wrote reading teens and it's interesting because like I don't know why I feel that way but we came because I feel like it was very much like I also I read a lot when I was a teen and like I used to hang out on the the YA section of the library a lot and it was definitely one of those books that they like displayed that was like this was like a teen book because I feel like YA I mean now is so big and there was definitely a lot of YA books when we were younger but I don't think there were as many and this was definitely like a clear like YA title that was pitched to you if you were a teen girl at the time. I also think that this is for like groups of friends where some of the teens are hotter than the others because that's the <laughs> that's the setting that's the setting I watched it in with like a girl who's very who was very like intimidating and like mature to me at the age of 13 and so it like shows that everybody has value. <laughs> Even if you're not as sexually confident. Um, yeah. And and she was like the Bridget of my life is how I saw her. Um, and m- maybe she like identified with it too. So like, yeah, I think it was like a healthy, like, you know, every everyone in the friend group is important. <laughs> um, Kathleen, what are you watching these days? That's not this. What am I watching? Interesting. Um, uh, definitely Gilded Age. Um, a lot of smooth brain entertainment happening here. I, you know, it's HBO gave Julian Fellows all of them, like Game of Thrones money, and he spent it all on gowns, and I think that's beautiful. If I like Downton Abbey, like, what are sort of like the differences in vibes? Um, if you like Downton Abbey, it's the only real difference is that they're in a different time period. Oh, okay, okay. So, so they're they're in like vibes. what would have been the grandmothers like peak time like so it's like 1890s so it's very elaborate and that and they're in america is the other big difference so if you're like looking for the accents they aren't there but the gowns (laughs) and the wall dressings definitely are (laughs) um i'm uh i just watched this movie called kimmy uh that came out recently um it is a zoe kravitz movie um, by Steven Soderbergh and it's about it's a it's a tech thriller is how people describe it I it is a it is a scary movie about um an Amazon Alexa is what I would say <laughs> um yeah it's it's really good I had a I had a really good time um it's also only 90 minutes and it's like a perfect like thriller um like sequence um and like you know he's the guy who like did the oceans the oceans movies and like 
Magic Mike, and um, it's like fun and dark, but not too dark. And it's it's set in Seattle, and they do a good job um, just making it appear very like tech, like metal and like glass everywhere. Um, and Zoe Kravitz is so beautiful, and she has blue hair. One thing I will say for anyone listening who has watched it is that. you know it's a thriller and she's on the run and I think that if your character has blue hair and they're trying to hide from people it's difficult so like there was there was a part of the movie where I was like if she had normal hair like it would be way less dangerous in this part of the movie because they would just not recognize her because it also um it's a it's a movie that takes place in like real time and like there's COVID and people are wearing masks or it's like post you know, post initial lockdown of COVID and everyone's wearing masks. So like, it's fun to imagine hiding out and like trying to run away from people um, when people are like wearing masks, because like, you can't really recognize people. But if you have blue hair. Yeah. Also interesting that it's a movie where that like lives in a world that's like after the pandemic, but like isn't a, it sounds like isn't about the pandemic, but like, I feel like I haven't seen any, like, television or movie show that, like, acknowledges, like, current day as it is now, where we just all wear masks. Yeah. that's, like, probably going to be the real reality for the next, probably, five, ten years, maybe. Right. There's some... It, it actually... Yeah, it didn't make me feel sad. There's, like... There's some mention of, like, it was really rough on her mental health, which, like, it was on everyone. So, like, there is, like, allusions to, like, when lockdown happened. Um, But it was very, it was very nice to just, like, see a movie where people were, like, yeah, you gotta wear a mask. And, like, you, I don't know. There Maybe, maybe people will disagree with me because there's other stuff she's, like, scared about that is related. But, yeah, I, I, I recommend it. It's fun. It's 90 minutes. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is great. Um, Yeah. How about you, Jane? Wait, who did you say that movie is directed by? Steven Soderbergh? I watched Contagion, also directed by Steven Soderbergh. And it was really good. And um, I know it sort of gained popularity again when the pandemic began. And for whatever reason, I thought it would be like a zombie movie. But that's not at all what it is. Like, it's very realistic. And it's like, it's truly like, if it does, like, sometimes you're like, oh, that's so weird. How did he know? But then you're like, oh, there were people that knew what would happen. We just didn't talk to them um it's really really good and absolutely star-studded oh maybe i should watch that also i didn't realize all these stars were in it and it's about science anyway (laughs) um (laughs) that i mean yeah like pandemic-y or like outbreak stuff we used to make a lot of movies about that yes and now the hot zone like that used to be a fun that used to be a fun thing we could talk about in science fiction and now it's like just life Yeah, do you remember when everyone was, like, terrified that we would all get Ebola? Like, that used to be the thing. Like, the hot zone, the hot zone was, like, the main, the hot zone was, like, the main, like, medical thriller of the times, I feel like. Um, Anyway, Kathleen, thank you for having us watch this movie, which is not at all a medical thriller. (laughs) (laughs) um, I mean, maybe, maybe Bailey's, maybe Bailey's part is, I don't know. Um, Do you want to plug anything at this time? Uh, no, not really. I don't have anything going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, we're still in lockdown, right? Sort of. Uh, no, I don't really have anything upcoming. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Omera Rules, and you can, I guess, Google, like, my McSweeney's or, like, Reductor's stuff. Yes, absolutely. Jane, would you like to mention the upcoming movie? Twilight 2. Yes! <laughs> wait. W- wait. I There is, like, a subtitle, right? What is that one? New Moon? Or is that one New Moon? I feel like I know nothing about 
I, I feel like people are getting mad while listening to this because I, okay. I, I only know it because I just watched the first Twilight for the first time and I'm about to watch New Moon. <laughs> oh my gosh, so exciting. You can follow along. I've never seen it. Our guest has never seen it um, for next week. Um, and uh, my husband, Nate, has watched all of them, I think maybe multiple times. So like he knows more about the series than I do, which is also very fun because he'll anticipate like stuff that comes out. Um, but Kathleen, we can reconnect and talk about if it's, you know, as <laughs> sexy as Blake Lively in this movie. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That, that was under the bleachers, our podcast about teen content. We would love if you hit that subscribe button, whatever way you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and leave a review, and please share us with a friend. And with a teen. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at bleacherteens. Also, subscribe to our Patreon to kick us some support, especially if you can't get enough um, and want to send us a quiz to take, which is what we did last episode, at patreon.com slash underthebleacherspod. Okay, we will see you next time. Under Under the the bleachers. bleachers!